0: Welcome, Burden Gang. On today's show, we turn the page to Week 11 because in just two short days, the Cardinals play the Seahawks, and it's in Seattle. So Wednesday, this team boards a plane. That first meeting with the Seahawks, perhaps will look back as the turning point in Isaiah Simmons' career. Plus, besides this Thursday night football matchup, what is the rest of the NFC West up to? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 353, and it starts We are getting to know Kyler Murray more and more, it seems like, MJ, by the day. The latest installments, earlier here on this Tuesday, Kyler Murray asked about Sunday. And, of course, people wanted to know, you know, how do you come off that high? Yet, and I don't know if you noticed this, MJ, but I did get, because I do follow Kyler Murray on social media, I got the notification that he was on Twitch. He was going to play some video games. So the question was asked of him today about that you win this huge game against the buffalo bills and you cap it off with some video game with your teammates christian kirk and chase edmonds and murray said quote that's like a perfect day i don't think i could draw it up much better end quote
1: now we know that during covid and quarantine you can't go out and i'm sure some guys like to go to a nice restaurant have a beverage or two, but you can't do that. And he basically told us he's been quarantined pretty much all the time throughout his life. Just but I love it. I mean here's a guy that just threw a hell Mary and goes home and he had family in town, so he said he had good good meals. He's got his dog swoosh. And um uh, you know and they get along so well. And again I, I just think it's great, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers has a little bit different um uh, Post-game, Buddha Baker has a little bit of the post-game. Everyone's different, but this goes to show you that, you know, there's certain he has a small circle in his life, and if, if you get in that circle, they trust you. Um, again, it's it's just to where football is his life, and then his family and his video games, and, and also his acting.
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it, it was your question because it's now – We've seen it several times, the latest Heisman House commercial, and this one with Kyler and Tim Tebow and Tebow's driving along and I don't need to explain it. I think people know what I'm getting at. But the anticipation MJ that's what we've been talking about this offseason and Cliff Kingsbury asking Murray, you know where he could improve the most, and it's you know, being anticipating things and, and looking at defenses and then and then figuring out what to do next. So kind of came in handy with this commercial on the uh, Heisman house.
1: Yeah, and, you know, initially he didn't have a whole lot of speaking parts. You know, he, he as he pointed out, it was his first time uh, getting a chance to do the Heisman commercial. These guys have done it for couple, the last couple of years. And so the second go around, he they actually gave him some speaking parts. And I asked him, what kind of uh, reviews or what kind of uh, feedback are you getting on your acting role? And he said he's gotten great feedback and he liked that they kind of threw him a bone and he was able to do a little talk. It's it's a great commercial. And, you know, obviously they all got to play along, but they all have different personalities. But it was nice just how direct he was and about anticipation. So, um, you know, you're starting to see him get some endorsements. Um, Not a lot of speaking, but um, the fact is that when you're this popular a lot of people and I I don't think he's going to go overboard I think he's he's doing a, a, a an energy drink right now and uh, a candy bar that's what he's doing right now he's he's wearing this hungry candy bar he posted it on an Instagram story yesterday
0: he'll he'll stay grounded cuz he knows it's yes. all football all the time and that's his focus but with all of this you're also starting to hear his name more and more in the MVP conversation and I think now that we're entering about to enter week 11 it's only going to grow louder as long as obviously one he performs well and two the team is winning yet I like what he had to say with respect to that because he did acknowledge that yeah you know he understands and gets it but quote I haven't done anything end quote with comparison to an Aaron Rodgers or a Patrick Mahomes they've won Super Bowls they've been a part of MVP conversations before and he hasn't Then he added later, quote, as far as my personal confidence, I do believe I'm one of the best in the league. Yeah, of course. I think anybody should be confident in themselves, end quote. That's the one thing Murray has never lacked, MJ, is confidence.
1: No, and he backs it up. And and, and it doesn't come across cocky. I mean, again, he's been the guy growing up. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He, whether he was going to play baseball or football, he had a goal in mind that he wants to be the best and not to compare him to Michael Jordan and and guys like Kobe Bryant, but he's wired a little bit different and you know, God given ability, but you got to give him credit for putting the work in because when he, you know, when he declared for the NFL, well, he's not six feet tall. You don't hear anybody talking about how short he is anymore. I mean, that, that was a big conversation.
0: No, the only one that's bringing it up now is his head coach calling him five nine, can't <laughs> see over anyone. So he has to turn to the south end zone and look at the video board to see whether the catch or whether Hopkins made the catch because, you know, apparently Murray's short, but that, you know, you're right though. That, but that is the only per, that's the only thing that I've heard of with regard to his height. I think might be all this entire season.
1: Yeah. And. I, I want to be realistic here because we, we've pointed out you have to average 13 wins, and I'm not saying they can't get there. I think with 11, uh, you know, winning the division that will mean just as much. But if I was sitting here today and it changes the first month, Russell Wilson, you know, and then you you, you know make a case for Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. Patrick Mahomes has 25 touchdowns, one interception. Okay, Aaron Rodgers. His touchdown inter-ratio. Now, they've had a couple duds. Maybe Mahomes isn't putting up 50 touchdowns this year. Um, Tom Brady is going to be in the conversation. If that team wins a division, now we know the Saints, uh, they lost to him twice. I would put Kyler Murray for- fourth overall. I really would. That's where I'm standing. That's why when it comes to a running back or a quarterback, I think Offensive Player of the Year. He will get MVP votes. When I say that, though, Russell Wilson never received one. So and is Russell Wilson gonna get an MVP vote for this year after ten turnovers in the last couple of games? I don't know. Now I told you the story. Chris Collins were voted for, but he didn't get it in time, so that narrative goes out the window. Every time I hear it it drives me nuts, but nobody knows about it. But I heard him mention it. So um the city here and say I think he's gonna get a vote, I do. But at the end of the day, um, he's going to be dealing with quarterbacks, and unless somebody puts up two thousand yards, and if, you know, but I do think he's going to have some competition with some of these running backs, um, but and also receivers. If Hopkins puts up fifteen hundred yards, he's going to be in the conversation. But right now, I put him fourth in the MVP
0: voting. ESPN's Marcus Spears listed Murray number three on his top three MVP candidates, but following your lead, MJ, he had Mahomes one, Rodgers two, Murray number three. That was on Monday on SportsCenter. So you're not alone in your thinking as far as, yes, he's in the conversation. Then it's just going to matter week to week as far as how high up in that conversation Kyler Murray's name goes or someone else jumps ahead of him.
1: And I can, and I, I can actually put him above Brady. You know, I mean, they also got, you know, blown out. Uh, they didn't play well against the Giants on Monday Night Football. I think Kyler Murray, you know, the running ability kind of tips the scales. But when you have touchdown the interception, and we judge quarterbacks on wins, but this is an individual award, um, I definitely think I can put them third or fourth. I'm debating here. We'll let it play out. But clearly behind Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes.
0: Now, Bird Gang, we don't have control over Offensive Player of the Year or MVP voting, but what we do have control over is Pro Bowl voting, and that officially got underway today, NFL.com slash Pro Bowl Votes. Of course, there is no Pro Bowl game, although this is interesting. The 2021 Pro Bowl is going to be virtual next season, or I should say next year. EA Sports Madden NFL 21 is going to have the game. So this is fascinating. But fans, coaches, players all have a hand in voting for the 2021 Pro Bowl team. And, yes, it's going to count as a Pro Bowl. I mean, it's going to be a part of a player's resume, even though there's not going to be an actual live game. It will just be virtual like everything else in 2020.
1: Well, that's right up Kyler Murray's alley. That's true. I mean (laughs) – Okay. So let's just, you know, last year, I think it was important, um, that, that he was being mentioned. When it comes to 66% of the votes, it's players and coaches. So he's going to get awards. Now let's break it down. NFC, Brady, Rogers, Murray, Drew Brees going to miss some time. You know, Stafford is going to put up numbers. I don't see any quarterback from the NFC East. Um, you look, you look at, you know, I don't see anybody besides Brady in our division, Russell Wilson initially. Um, but yeah, I mean, they'll take three or four quarterbacks, but 66% is coming from coaches and players, and he'll get in just based on that.
0: Oh, absolutely, because he's such a hard guy to defend and match up, especially as we keep hearing these coaches that have the Cardinals on their schedule and, like, all right, well, How do you prepare? Like, oh, we've got this player doing this, and then this player is going to act like he's running the ball, and then this player we've got, well, he can throw the ball. And they're, like, using two or three different players on scout team to mimic what Kyler Murray is able to do. It's fascinating because I don't know how many players other head coaches are having to do that within a given season.
1: And – you know, he was excited to make the top 100 list, but he, I think when he looked at the list, he should be higher. He was foreshadowing. He's going to be a lot higher. I mean, we start ranking those, it's based on what he does this year. I mean, we, we talk about getting grandfathered in sometimes for the Pro Bowl. Um, he may be higher than Lamar Jackson next year. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm, it, I, I don't know if you can go from like Chandler Jones, not, not making it and then top 20. But he will climb up the ranks. Dak Prescott, obviously, he's injured. Uh, some of these younger quarterbacks, you know, um, he, I mean, I just think he's going to climb the ladder. I really do, based on what he's done. But he's got to finish strong, and the team has to finish strong.
0: NFL.com slash ProBowlVotes for fans out there. Not only Kyler Murray, but all of your favorite Cardinal players. And you can go offense, defense, special teams. And I'm sure there are several players deserving. I did like the fact, though, MJ, when the Arizona Cardinals put it on their social media account, Twitter to be specific, that they had DJ Humphries and Justin Pugh. And I think when you talk about offensive linemen, that that is not something that fans – kind of seen and recognized we can talk about it and that's where the coaches and their peers will elevate the offensive lineman to the forefront because what do fans look at quarterbacks running backs wide receivers and then defensively at sacks interceptions there are no stats for offensive linemen yes there's the metrics and analytics but that doesn't show up weekly on game notes or in the newspaper when you're looking to see how your favorite team did. So I'm very, very happy about that because I think both of those players deserve consideration and maybe even deserve to be in that virtual Pro Bowl in 2021.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't need to yell, fire in a the theater. If you don't think the Cardinals offensive line is improved, then it's just it's become personal. You, you look at names and numbers, and Craig, I've told you for a long time now, until you get a guy that's an all-pro, or a Pro Bowl player around the league is, well, Kyler Murray covers those blemishes. Okay, Sean Kugler was one of the best hires the Cardinals organization has made. I mean, and, and again, I respected the offensive line coach. It is night and day, and they're better than last year. And they got a one-two punch when healthy, and Kyler Murray, they can go 11 and 12 personnel. So Pew and, and D.J. Humphreys, every week they're grinning. One of the top three, four, five, top, top 10, you're, you're talking, you know, 64 guards. You're talking 64 tackles. They're in the top. Okay. Their, their numbers are not misleading. And until they get that, um, but if you don't think this team can run the football, then you're, you're in love with fantasy numbers and you're in love with throwing the football. This team is a run first team. It sets up the past, and they have done a great job. And when I, I look at it, I'm thinking, wow, they're number one in rushing. They're number two in, in yards per carry. I never thought that would happen. I, you know how I felt. Get to from 29 to 15 and then 14. But this is who they are. And I don't know if they'll ever get the credit, but people that watch them in and out and you know what's going on, they're
0: the real deal. They were a franchise best as far as yards per carry a year ago, and they've only improved upon that here in 2020. 5.3 yards per carry, and yes, a lot of that is Kyler Murray, but the offensive line deserves a ton of credit. Plus, they're keeping Murray clean in the pocket. Only 13 sacks, which is mounted to 66 yards lost. Remember, the big number a year ago, 48. That's how many times Murray was sacked they wanted to cut that number in half. Well, they are well on their way to doing that here this season.
1: Oh, there's no doubt. And when you start looking at quarterback hits through 10 weeks, the team is number one, the Arizona Cardinals, 21 quarterback hits. You know where Seattle and San Francisco are? Down at the bottom, 74 quarterback hits. Cardinals ranked number one. Colts, we, they talk about their offensive line. You know, used a high pick for Nelson, 28. Aaron Rodgers gets rid of the ball so fast, 29. Las Vegas, they invested in a big offensive line with Gruden. Um, they're 30. So those are the top teams that have the minimal quarterback hits. Cardinals are number one in the NFL.
0: Impressive, to say the least. Spur gang, make sure you update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new, redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. All right, it is a Tuesday. Typically, we don't really focus our attention on the next week's opponent until Wednesday, Thursday, when the team gets back on the practice field. Well, we all know this is a short week. Thursday night football, the first game of Week 11, Cardinals at the Seahawks. Both these teams, MJ, 6 and 3. It is a quick turnaround. The Cardinals do have to fly. They'll get on a plane on Wednesday and travel to Washington, the Pacific Northwest. And I ask this question knowing full well that when you have to travel, you're automatically at a disadvantage. But considering the Cardinals coming off a big-time win, the Seahawks, they're on a losing streak. Advantage to who with respect to what is the motivation for these respective teams? Coming off a win or coming off a loss? in which they'll be more excited about getting back on that field and getting another victory for their respective teams?
1: Well, a couple things come to mind. Uh, First of all, they're not going to have the 12th man. Uh, Second of all, the Cardinals has shown the ability under different regimes they can win up there, and the Cardinals know what's at stake. If they can sweep the Seahawks, it's going to go a long way because I think between the Cardinals, Seahawks, and Rams, it's going to be a three-team race. And the Cardinals are going to have to play the Rams twice. And this will be the final time they play the Seahawks. So um, I think the home team has an advantage because they don't have to travel. Now, home field advantage, out the door. But I do think normally these games, a the team that travels, maybe they come out a little tight, heavy legs. I think Cliff's done a good job this week. You know, I, You know, they're really quote, going through walkthroughs, watching a lot of film, getting treatment. Um, But I do think an advantage is the home team on a short week.
0: Now, I know our colleague Kyle Lodegaard is not a big fan of the word momentum, but you hear it from coaches, you hear it from players, and maybe it's just more of a subconscious thing. But you got to think that the Cardinals, because of how that game ended on Sunday, they've got to be excited to maintain this good feeling. Now, how do they come out Thursday when the ball is kicked at 620 Arizona time? I don't know, but you would think that they're excited because a win, as you alluded to, they become first place in the NFC West by themselves. On the flip side, the Seahawks, they're struggling. They've lost two in a row, three of four. And remember, the Cardinals dented them on Sunday Night Football, handing them their first loss. Seahawks have not been the same since that contest, and they're saying all the right things. Russell Wilson is trying to be upbeat. I think that's just kind of his nature to be very, very positive. But you wonder, if the Cardinals come out firing, regardless of the fans and attendance, they've got some energy, and they strike first, you have to wonder what the Seahawks will be feeling or what they'll be thinking at that point.
1: Well, if you go back to last week, Cardinals trailed the settled for too many field goals. You go back to that first game against the Seahawks, Cardinals trailed. Obviously, they made some halftime adjustments, put pressure on Wilson. They needed overtime to win. So, um, once again, when you get down to the red zone, you can. Have, I mean, Seattle can score points. However, they give up a ton of points. And Seattle's one of the top-scoring teams in the league, and that's when they got off to that great start. So, um, you know, the thing is, is that, again, you can't fall behind because now all of a sudden – you still want to, You don't want to keep to your game plan, and I think Cliff will do that. Um, you know, I, I just think the Cardinals' uh, offense versus the Seahawks' defense. I, I like their opportunities there, and you know, once again, Russell Wilson. I mean, he's going to break out at some point. I mean, it's unusual that he's lost two in a row. So, he, I mean, I'm sure it's eating him up, um, but I think he's pressing a little bit, knowing he's got they got to score points. They try to run the football some guys have been injured, some haven't. Uh, clearly D.K. Metcalf is, is is off to a great start in his career, but he's been hit and miss the last couple games. Teams have been able to shut him down. Jalen Ramsey, Patrick Peterson, I'm sure he's up for the task here. Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, they had two explosive plays in that game, a 40- 40 and 45-yarder early in the game. Um, so got to keep everything in front of you, and the Cardinals will be healthy in the secondary Uh, We'll we'll get into Isaiah Simmons at at some point. Um, Vance feels pretty comfortable with that D-line. I guess we'll wait and see. It's important that Jordan Phillips plays, uh, get some production and rotation there. Uh, I like the outside linebackers, but uh, you got to think Wilson's going to break out at some point.
0: Yeah, it's really unlike Russell Wilson to be in the position that he's in right now, and that's 10 total turnovers, including the three interceptions that the Cardinals got on him in Week 7. And I just wonder, as you said, he's pressing because he feels like he has to do it by himself. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, they've both missed the past three games. So they don't really have much of a running game and then if you take away DK Metcalf like the Rams did last week, then all of a sudden it falls on everyone else and Tyler Lockett is dealing with the knee sprain and head coach Pete Carroll wasn't too he wasn't too confident at least initially when that injury happened on Sunday on whether on a short week, Lockett, even if he is available. At what percent, how much can he do? Because he has certainly been a very good player for that Seahawks offense.
1: All right. Now, we talked about this briefly on the Red Sea Report. The difference in this game is the Seattle Seahawks will have three players that did not play when the Cardinals beat them in overtime. Damian Snacks Harrison. He's a defensive tackle. Um, He was a free agent. They obviously need bodies in there next to Jarrett Reed. He played last week. You informed me earlier today, only played 19 snaps. So he's got to get into football shape, but he is a guy um, that can push the pile. And then you look at Carlos Dunlap, who really forced his way out of Cincinnati. You know, he's a guy that they're hoping to get a pass rush from. They didn't retain Clowney. Uh, that's an area where they, they want to get better at. And then Jamal Adams. Now, he leads a team in sacks. He had two last week at five and a half, but he's got a shoulder injury. And there was a play on the goal line where he really couldn't lay his shoulder. So, uh, and he's missed time, but it's impressive. And he's Buddha Baker on the Seahawks. Great trade. Uh, it was made trade for the future. I think they were hoping he'd get healthy for the uh, down, you know, down the stretch right here. But he's dealing with the shoulder injury. So, those are three defensive players that the Cardinals did not face. Um, they're not going to rust off a little bit, but at some point you got to think they're going to be part of the mix. And you, you know how I feel about their linebackers. Bobby Wagner, I think he's 13 tackles away from a milestone. This guy's a tackling machine just like Jordan Hicks and Blake Martinez and then K, KJ Wright. He's a guy that can make plays on the, on the edge. So, um, maybe they're not as, uh, tout up front from the front seven, because they don't have a legitimate guy. Now, I'll tell you, Adams, if healthy, he'll come in and try to get the quarterback like Buddha Baker does. So I think that's what Wilson's pressing. But they've changed some faces. But, again, the Cardinals did not face those three guys in the previous game.
0: Yeah, Adams, five-and-a-half sacks, two against the Rams this past week, yet you mentioned how much time he has missed. So you wonder, and now dealing with a shoulder injury, and Dunlap and Harrison, just how comfortable are they? They've been with the team, Dunlap two games, and Harrison has been on the practice squad and then elevated, signed to the active roster. So, But it is uh, worthy to note because now all of a sudden it's not like you just have to and say, all right, what did we do well, what didn't we do well, And then adjust, you have to say, all right, what's the personnel look like versus that week seven contest?
1: Yeah, and obviously the Cardinals will be aware of that because they're going to go back and usually go back. Now, the good news on a short week, and, and I think, you know, we figured out what the NFL is doing is a lot of division games. So a little bit less travel. Um, and, you, you know, the Cardinals twice in four or five weeks have played them. It happened a couple of years ago with, the, with San Francisco. So it, what the NFL is doing now, you, I don't know if you can do it every week because I think people want more appealing games. And when you get a division, Cincinnati and, and Cleveland or Cincinnati and somebody else playing, it's hard to push that. But this is going to be a high-rated game. Um, but there's a reason why. Um, teams have less travel, and it's a division game. So the familiarity to be the fourth time that they played under uh, the Cliff Kingsbury regime. Um, you go back to that game, they still got the same quarterback, the same offense, but they are going to have some different players. And Ken Newton, Jr., he's got to come up with something to stop Kyler Murray. It, to me, at the end of the game, it, it's just like last week with uh, Josh Allen, a couple weeks ago with Tua, Whoever the better quarterback in this game is probably going to win.
0: Yeah, and as far as defending Kyler Murray, oftentimes it's easier said than done. Twice now in four weeks, these two teams will meet. And you bring up the Seahawks linebackers because I think they are certainly the backbone of that defense. Jordan Brooks, the rookie, Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright. Well, let's turn the focus to the Cardinals linebackers and one in particular that the Bird Gang has always focused on ever since he was overall pick, and that is Isaiah Simmons, who, according to Vance Joseph, has really stepped up his game in the past two weeks. And remember, MJ, when we talked to Joseph following the bye week, he mentioned that Simmons came off that bye a different person, a different player. I don't know what he did during those four days off. But maybe the light switch finally went on. He's more comfortable. And I think the key word, he's confident. He knows what he's supposed to do. And he is certainly backing up with now his play.
1: And, uh, you know, two anecdotes here. Hassan said when he came to the sidelines last week, he's like, I can play in this league. And now that's a conversation to where it took him a while. I think when he got that interception, he went into that bye week and said, I can, I can do this. And now he can play. Weak side was initially, but they can slide him outside. He can play in the slot. He's covering wide receivers. And, and well, this is what Van said. There's a reason why Steve Kahn drafted him in the top 10. And what did you and I talk about when he was drafted? Because you had Campbell and Hicks. What is this snap count going to be in September versus October? You know, we live in a microwave society, Craig. People want instant results. Drafted eighth overall. What's he doing? He's a, he's, you know, you don't want to use the B word. But he's confident, and they're confident in him. And from this point on, we're going to see a, a, more of Isaiah Simmons in different roles, and that's the reason why they drafted him. So you know, Devontre Campbell, he's he's got to make more plays. He's kind of tailed off a little bit. Jordan Hicks, I mean, there are sometimes you know he needs to be on the field, but I don't, and it doesn't appear that his snap count's going down. So and Campbell gives him a little bit more variety uh, from a physicality standpoint, but uh, Simmons athleticism just it just changes what they want to do defensively
0: he was on the field for a season high of 32 snaps 44 percent of the defensive snaps on sunday against the bills you wonder how much of that was game plan how much of that was because campbell got hurt and didn't play a lot of that second half with a calf injury he went out late in that third quarter so all of a sudden simmons found himself playing meaningful snaps and then I think he showed the coaches that he is capable of handling that and according to Vance Joseph quote he's been patient and it's time meaning he needs to play because he's proven himself that he is ready for the spotlight and I think to a certain extent MJ you can go back and look it was his fifth defensive snap against the Seahawks that interception of Russell Wilson You might look at 2020 and say, you know what? It might've started slow, but that week seven play against the Seahawks turned everything around for Isaiah Simmons.
1: Well, let's go back to week one. When he was on the field, Kyle Shanahan went right at him. It it wasn't a secret. And here we are now saying he's going to be part of their sub package. I mean, he's going to get more playing time and he's playing on special teams. I mean, he's running down there covering kicks and that's how you, you kind of get warmed up. And again, Confidence and comfortability—it's going to go a long way. And then you start looking at, you know, the, you know, with Canard back, you got Reddick and Golden. And then I noticed last week on some of the sub packages, just to get these guys to breathe, they're bringing Kylie Fitz and Dennis Garde. That's five guys now you can rotate. Clearly, the top three guys are going to play the majority of the time, and, and then Josh Morrow. So they bring some energy. But I, I like that front seven, and you know how. I, I, I'm fixated on the secondary when they're healthy. I think they could be the strength, but yes, injuries have occurred. Uh, Unfortunately, Corey Peters and Chandler Jones are a big part of that front seven, two captains, Uh, but again, I like what they're doing. They're just not relying on one player.
0: Yeah, and with that defensive line banged up, we're seeing a lot more of the linebackers playing where you have five guys crowding the line of scrimmage, that six, seven, eight-man front that we first saw in the second half against the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. And I think we've kind of seen that now materialize against Tua, against Josh Allen. You're trying to give different looks. You bring everyone, you drop everyone back, you split it somehow. But Dennis Gardeck, Kylie Fitz, everyone has a role. And I think you're just seeing a more prominent role with Isaiah Simmons because of his athleticism, his skill set, and the ability now to where I don't think he's thinking as much on the field. And I think that was a concern early on, that he was a little uncertain in where he needed to be, what he needed to do. And according to Joseph, that's no longer the case.
1: No, and it was out of necessity that he was in there on on third down. Now, he was part of that package, but, you know, clearly, um, I think they they trust him now. And, again, that's a big deal. I, I tell you all the time, they trust each other. They're rooting for him. You, you, you talk to Hicks, you talk to Campbell, you talk to Redick, you talk to Golden. They say the guy's got the skill set. It's just a matter of feeling comfortable. And look how long it's t- taken Hassan Reddick to feel comfortable. And in fairness to him, he was playing out of position. That's what happens when you change coordinators every year. So, yeah, they trust him now. And the, and the fact that he was out there in a big spot in Tenor Vallejo, and I know injuries happen, but – Uh, They could have went to somebody else, could have changed the scheme. And last week, again, more third downs, more Isaiah Simmons.
0: Quoting Vance Joseph, we got to play him more because he can help us win. End quote. Talking about Isaiah Simmons, and we've mentioned it here on Cards Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, you always want to see your top draft picks on the field sooner rather than later Guys develop at a quicker pace. Some take a little bit more time. You've invested heavily. And you always said, MJ, it wasn't an investment for this season alone. It was for the next seven, eight. you hope, double digits, 10, 12, 15 seasons in the league. And you slow play guys that you have to, not because you want to. I don't think this coaching staff wants to slow play anyone If they show that they're capable of handling the load and have to, and understand what they're supposed to do. We all heard that Simmons was very smart. He's got a great football IQ, but it's different from college to the pro.
1: And I'll give you this. Steve Kahn has never wavered on Isaiah Simmons. It was a matter of time, but you have to earn it. And you start looking at when you look ahead next year. I mean, you know, you're going to have guys under 25 years old, Murphy. You know, um, Isaiah Simmons, you know, Buddha Baker may be 25, 26, but you, you're going to have some young players under the age of 25 and that's your future. And then you, 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 you plug in some veteran guys. You know, you look at Jalen Thompson. You look at, you know, Evan Weaver hasn't even had a chance to play this year. He can be a really good special teams player next year. And I'm, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here, but they're going to have some guys on defense that you're going to say that could be game changers. And it all starts with Buddha and then it starts with with Jalen Thompson and you want to have some guys in your front seven and I hope a conversation when it comes to Isaiah
0: Simmons. You brought up his special teams play talking about Simmons, and I want to direct the bird gang when you're watching games and I know it's kind of hard, especially if you're not at State Farm Stadium because you're only limited to certain viewpoints and advantages on the television screen. but Simmons, number forty eight. He has made some of the surest, strongest special teams tackles this season out of anyone, and the Cardinals are very good on special teams when it comes to coverage, kickoff, and punts. But you see 48 down there amongst the first line of defense, and he's sitting there wrapping up guys, and it's been impressive. And Dave Pass and Ron Wolfley have mentioned it several times during the course of the season on the broadcast.
1: Yeah. And when you're not a starter, you got to play on teams. And you, you see 47 down there, Ezekiel Turner. You see 45, Dennis Garda. You see number 16, Trent Sherfield. Those are the core special teams guys that go down there. A lot of guys are maybe in the second level to where if, if they can get a quick return, they're there. Um, but for the most part, and, and to me, tackling and running down the field is want to. And the fact that he's, he takes long strides. He, I mean, when he's in the huddle, I mean, he looks tall out there. He's lanky. He's got speed. Uh, he's got great acceleration. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him because I'm sure, you know, the first month and no preseason, nobody wants to hear it, though, and nobody likes the preseason, but players do. That's what we found out. And no OTAs where he could have made mistakes on the field and they could have went in the film room and corrected it. So it's slow play. And and once again, we talked about snaps in September, and when he was drafted, this isn't something we just mentioned, and now we get into November and the snap count's going up, and they trust him, and they have confidence in him.
0: Burger gang, if you like this show, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We invite you to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show as well. Go to azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. As we continue on this Tuesday, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we leave you, Bird Gang, here midweek, really two days away now this team is going to be in action and we've talked about the Seahawks how about we go and see what the rest of the NFC West is up to and obviously we know the Cardinals lead the division with a six and three record the three seed right now the Rams the six seed the Seahawks the seven seed all these teams six and three and the 49ers at four and six but We've touched on the Seahawks, MJ. They lost at the Rams 23-16. So let's focus here as we go inside the NFC West on the Rams, who came off their bye week and beat Seattle. They've now won two of their last three. It wasn't always pretty. Jared Goff didn't have any touchdown passes, but the team had three rushing scores, two by Malcolm Brown.
1: Yeah, and and, and they're going to go right with the hot hand, and Henderson looks like the guy. You know, they also have Cam Akers and, and Malcolm Brown. And you know, they do enough just to throw the football, but I think really where the credit should go is to their defense. And uh they're starting to play better. They they got a young coordinator, he's thirty-six years old. You know, I think he relates more to the players. Uh, Jalen Ramsey's playing at a high level, and sometimes Aaron Donald's getting double teams, so he may not put up the numbers, but um and and they're they're actually, you know, more of a complete team. They just don't rely on one side of the ball. So um for them though they got a tough task that's coming up this weekend.
0: Yeah, they've got to go to Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers, on Monday Night Football. This is their second visit to Florida in four weeks, and their fifth cross-country trip. So it's been a tough schedule for the Rams. They'll come back on the west side of things the next two games, home to the 49ers, and then at the Cardinals after this trip to Tampa Bay and then of course they are been bitten by the injury bug as well no one bigger than and more important than their left tackle Andrew Whitworth expected to miss 6 to 8 weeks with a knee injury if it's on the shorter side perhaps maybe at the end of the season if it's longer than that then you're talking about the playoffs for him to return it's really unfortunate
1: Yeah he's he's he was a great free agent signing he's he's a great guy um, I would say it's parallel to the Cardinals losing Corey Peters. Absolutely. Corey Peters has been on the roster a little longer, but that was, I mean, they signed him as a 35-year-old free agent, and he's been an all-pro. And if you want to talk about protecting golf and, you know, Todd Gurley had a million touchdowns, it really started with him. They went out and got somebody to protect their franchise. He's a great leader in that locker room, so it's its a tough loss. And, I think they're hoping to make the postseason possibly come back because you hate to see his career end like this if he doesn't want to play another year.
0: Two other key injuries, safety Tyler Rapp and kicker Kai Forbath, both headed to injured reserve. So the Rams right now in the market for a kicker. The 49ers, this is their bye week, and there might not be any team across the NFL, MJ, right now that needs a bye week more than the 49ers, who lost at the Saints 27-13. to Kyle Shanahan, quote, They need some rest. They need to get away, end quote, talking about his players. And if you believe in that Super Bowl hangover, I don't know. I just think that this team has been bitten by the injury bug and just can't catch a break when it comes to quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive line, linebacker, corner, safety, you name it. They have players on IR that would fill up maybe two teams as far as the talent on injured reserve right now.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the Cardinals were able to win there. They didn't have their receivers. They didn't have, you know, obviously their their top, running, um, top receivers. And, and, again, injuries are part of the game, but they're coming off a three-game losing streak. Seahawks, Packers, and Saints. That's not a walk in the park. Then coming out of the break, they got the Rams and Buffalo, okay? Then they got Washington and Dallas, so they may – Try to be a spoiler, you know, towards the end, they finish with the Cardinals and Seahawks. They're four and six. Um, We always talk about you got to be lucky, and sometimes health is part of that. It's unfortunate because they were a really good team last year, and I didn't think double digits and wins, but I thought they would definitely be in the conversation, 10 or 11 win team to get back to the postseason. But it's too many injuries. I mean, Losing George Kittle early on. He's been dealing with injuries still. you know, He thinks he wants to come back. They lose their premier pass rusher. They trade their best defensive tackle into Forrest Buckner. So it's unfortunate, but you still got to play the game. And, and for them, they're going to play young guys, and they'll find out what they have in the future.
0: Well, they had an opportunity there on Sunday. They were leading the Saints 10 to nothing. It was very early on in the second quarter. And then there's just one mistake after another. Nick Mullins was intercepted twice. There were two muff punts, and you can't do that against any team, let alone the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. So the 49ers will enjoy the bye. According to Kyle Shanahan, potential for the return after the bye week of Richard Sherman, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, and Debo Samuel. That certainly would help, especially when you consider looking at the schedule, home to the Bills, home to Washington, and also the Cowboys in that second half after the bye. If I'm not mistaken, those are four starters. Yep. And they go running back by committee, but yeah, there's yeah, two I mean, top two running backs, yes. Yeah.
1: I mean Debo Samuel, you know, you know how I feel about him. He's kind of like Christian Kirk. You know, he's a guy that can sweep, um, slant past. Spread the field. So and Richard Sherman, they put him on IR long IR for return a long time ago. And maybe they were hoping they could stay in the race, but you're talking about quality players,
0: uh, you know, and, and I give those guys credit because they could have tapped out. Bottom line though, Cardinals sit atop the NFC West and very well might be sitting atop that by themselves come Thursday night, Friday morning, MJ. When
1: you went through that, I'm like, Can you say that again? Tied for the division right now at six and three,
0: but two because the- of their two and zero in the division, they have the tiebreaker of the Rams yeah. and the Seahawks, and then the three seed, which would mean you would have a home playoff game, wild card weekend. We're way ahead, Bird Gang. I get it, but it's mid November. You're playing meaningful football here, and the Cardinals have not had that in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, and we'll we'll, we'll say this a hundred times. If the season ended today, the key is it doesn't.
0: <laughs> that's why you got to keep pushing forward, and the Cardinals will push forward to Lane Field on Thursday night. and because it's Thursday Night Football MJ, you've got some homework to do here on Tuesday night.
1: Oh, that's okay. I don't have anything to watch tonight. I'll find something else. Um, also, Thursday Night football color rush. That's right. Black jerseys, red letters, and red numbers. So it's a color rush game, uh, and I'm assuming the Seahawks are going to stick out like a sore thumb on TV.
0: They typically do. I mean, it's just the Seahawks; they always do. Six twenty is the kickoff, two thirty in the afternoon. The pregame coverage on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. You mean you don't like those night quilt jerseys? No, I'm just not. A, I'm just not a big fan of the Seahawks colors to begin with. <laughs> I've been programmed to dislike. The Seahawks <laughs> and the Rams and the 49ers. Okay, okay,
1: I'm with you. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a lot of people tuned in, obviously for fantasy, but they, they want to see where the Seahawks are. As you pointed out, losing three out of four. Is this Cardinal a, a contender or a pretender? And I think they want to prove that they're in the thick of things. As the NFC, when it's all said and done, it appears to be
0: wide open. Should be a lot of fun in just 48 hours from now. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.